0: I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking Podcast. Hi, I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking Podcast. In this next episode, I'm going to be focusing on pitching. That dirty word of sales. Whether you're pitching for a job, pitching for finance, or pitching for a date. Going to share with you how presenting yourself in the correct way can improve the sales that you achieve, whether that's people buying into you as an individual or people actually buying your products or services. Do you consider yourself a salesperson? So many people, when it comes to the delivery days that I train, turn their nose up or feel ill when I mention that word. Sales. How does it make you feel? Because I firmly believe that every single one of us is a salesperson in some format. Whether, as I say, you're pitching for a job, whether you're um, asking someone out on a date, whether you're pitching your services or selling your products, every single one of us is a salesperson. And the sooner we all get comfortable with that, the better. Now, I'll be honest with you, I was a HR manager for over 12 years and a large part of that role related to recruitment, so recruiting new employees or also promotion for the existing employees went into different job roles. It was totally a systematic approach in terms of the application process of candidates applying for a job or filling in the same form or applying for a job or a promotion. They all filled in the same form, yet others stood out more than others. And it begs the question, why? It's because they sold themselves better. So quite often we can think of sales in regards to the sale of a product or a service. But what about applying for a job? You're still selling. You're selling yourself. And much like public speaking, sales is also a learned trait. Nobody is born a great salesperson. The skills are learned. And absolutely anybody can become a better salesperson, irrespective of what it is that you're selling, use those words in inverted commas, when using the right knowledge and the right action. And I'll be honest, I had quite an aversion to sales initially. I thought when I thought about sales as a profession, I never thought of myself as a salesperson. I thought like used car salesperson or cold callers, people who have the ability to you know, phone you up at the most inopportune times to ask you about PPI. <laughs> However, I was advised by one of my mentors that I needed to read a book and I'm going to recommend that same book to all of you. Because we are all salespeople. And that book is How to Sell Anything to Anybody by Joe Girard. Joe Girard, it was How to Sell Anything to Anybody. And coincidentally, he was actually a salesperson, but the book totally changed my mindset. You know, he was the standard car salesperson, but he did it in a different way. Totally changed my mindset around it. And I've got a big part of what I do now is around selling, whether that is a product or a service, or whether that's selling the idea of people buying into me. So you can focus on any aspect of sales that you choose. However, we are all pitching in some format. So the premise of the, the book, I won't give you too much detail in regards to it, but the author, Jojo Rides, was born into a poor family, worked lots of different jobs, dropped out of high school, became kind of a shoe shine boy and a newsboy, dishwasher, all during that time. But it was in when he asked for a job in a car dealership. So this was a little bit later on into his life, age 35, He realised that things really started to change for him because he sold his first car on his first day, done so well at it over time that he actually became a Guinness World Record holder for the most cars sold within one year. So from an experience of being not really a salesperson, not really understanding it, he explains what he calls his law of 250, where he determined that the average number of people coming to a funeral or a wedding is 250 people. And as such, if he did a good job, he could increase his potential chances of success through referrals When people are attending weddings, funerals, all those different things, he provided, you know, he he really prided himself on providing a good service, leading to referrals through word of mouth. And you can do the same, not necessarily for your own products or service, although it works awesome for that, but also for people buying into you. I've mentioned in previous episodes, even in the last episode, that people need to buy into you as the speaker or as the trainer. And in order to do that, you need to pitch yourself in a particular way. So get comfortable with selling because you are selling all of the time. Now, maybe actually you're on the other side of that. Maybe you're already thinking, yep, I'm a salesperson and I'm really comfortable with it. Maybe you are selling your own products or your own services. And using a like a proven system, using a proven formula, you can improve not only your level of sales with the comfort level of comfort with the sales. You can improve not only your level of comfort with those sales in general, but also turn those sales into figures, into physical money and increase your income. So as I mentioned earlier on, I kind of stumbled upon presenting, pitching and public speaking. It was a result of attending a property training course. I didn't really want to attend the training course. I was kind of dragged along by my husband. But over the course of that day, I identified that I didn't only want to be in property. I wanted to be training people as well. I wanted to present just like the trainer on the day, Peter Jones, was presenting to me. So I learned how to pitch myself as a good person, both in terms of investing with me, in terms of property to help me raise finance. And my entire portfolio is built using joint venture finance. And I firmly believe that through selling my products and services, or the idea of investing with me, to my joint venture partners in the right way. So creating a pitch using the format that we've touched upon previously in earlier episodes, the Pentagon. So if you want to refer back to those episodes, you can you know, kind of make yourself more comfortable with the Pentagon, which if you, I'll recap quickly, is what, why, how, what if, and when. And when you get comfortable using that format, it works really, really well for your sales as well. So cre- creating a pitch in that format what why how what if and when it has without a shadow of a doubt been the most lucrative method for me obtaining funds from my business so if you're looking for someone to invest in you and your business use the pentagon obviously you just need to change the wording ever so slightly so with a little bit of practice you can then have either a 30 second elevator pitch through to a comfortable one-on-one pitch for your product or your service or investing in you now obviously You can tell from my accent, and hopefully you've listened to previous episodes, that I am a Scouser, born and raised in Liverpool, and I am super proud of it too. However, you wouldn't have heard the different stereotypes around people in Liverpool, but one thing's for sure, people tend not to just want to give you money. (laughs) However, me using the Pentagon model and learning to pitch or sell my product or service effectively has created... We've raised millions in joint venture finance using that exact scenario. So you can pitch in the right way. So obviously you can pitch. When people talk about pitching, they automatically think of pitching for a a particular thing like a sale or pitching in the marketing sense of the world where you're pitching your product or service, usually against other people. But there's competition in all areas of life. So actually, even if you're not using a pitch to sell a product or a service. You're always pitching, whether it be your side of the argument in a a debate or an argument. You know, I'd hedge my bets that most of us have found ourselves taking part in at least one disagreement, let's use the word disagreement rather than argument, but it's unlikely you've thought of it as a pitch, but ultimately that's what it is. You are, in fact, that's exactly what it is. You are pitching your case, your argument, your point of view, your side of the story, now, I'm by no means suggesting that you should go out there and plan all of the above um, scenarios as an example of what you should do. Don't go out there planning to argue with people. However, when putting your case forward, you can still use that format. And hopefully now you're seeing how you're using different parts of this system that I've previously mentioned, the 28-step system, like the, the Pentagon and Elegantly Pitching, they, just, they dovetail together so well and go hand in hand. So negotiation of any sort, whether it's in an argument or whether you're negotiating the price of a product, negotiating a deal with a business partner or going as far as negotiating, we do it, we pitch to our children, we pitch to our family members. So my little boy, I've got two little boys and my youngest son never wants to partake in brushing his teeth in the morning. It seems like it's a chore. He's always too busy playing or wanting to read his book that he doesn't want to kind of stop having the fun to go and brush his teeth. And I've used in previous examples of the um, Pentagon model, I've used a previous example to show you how you can use the Pentagon model to pitch. I've used that to teach my son to brush his teeth, as ridiculous as that sounds. But you are pitching the idea all of the time. So let me ask you the question now do you still think of yourself as not so much of a salesperson? Don't know if you've ever asked asked anybody out on a date. But if you have, you've been pitching to them. So I don't know if you've ever really liked someone, wanted to ask them out, but maybe nerves have got the better of you, or maybe you've tried to do it, you've attempted to do it, and you've, you know, you've fluffed your words, or you've maybe not said the right thing. Not out of the ordinary, obviously, but it's completely avoidable because it's just a pitch. You are pitching for someone to choose you to date over the other people within that bar or that restaurant, over the other people online, over the other people they've met face-to-face. So let's imagine you're asking a guy or a girl out, you're you know, in a bar in town, out with all of your friends, you've had a few drinks, you really like someone, you've seen them stood at the bar, you really like them, your friends are kind of shoving you and ushering you, go and have a chat with them, go and talk to them. What they're asking you to do is sell the idea of going on a date with you. Now, you can do one or two things at this point. You can either decide not to do it because it's too scary, or you can go ahead and do it knowing that the outcome could be great. But ultimately, you've still got two things in your favour. One, that you know you're pitching or selling and you're committing against other people. And two, you've got a system or a formula to use. Link it back to the Pentagon model. So what, why, how, what if, when? So hi, my name's Tom and why they have walked up to you to ask you on a date how so I think that what we should do is we should go on a date because I really like you and I really like the idea of spending time with you I'd love if you could go on a date with me what if now I don't know if you've got a, a husband or a wife I don't know if you're interested in going on a date but let me assure you I'm not already married I'm not already a serial killer and I don't plan on being anytime soon When? When should you go on a date? Give them a couple of different suggestions, and bam, you've just got yourself a date. You've just sold the idea of going on a date with you. Pitching is in every area of our lives. And if you don't like the idea of pitching, you don't like the idea of selling, then you're never going to sell particularly well. So, how then do you become better at pitching, whether it's your products, your services, or you as the person to buy into? Well, we live in a time where instant solutions are what people are looking for. You know, we want something at the press of a button and there's a lot of competition, so it's imperative that you stand out against your competitors. You want to be heard before them. So in order to do that, you need to target your audience to know everything about the product and service at the earliest opportunity in your pitch. Now, depending on your sales method, it could be that you're pitching one-to-one for business, one-to-many from the stage, one-to-many on a webinar, One-to-one asking people for a date, could be on a Facebook Live video recorded. But each of those methods has its own upsides and its own downsides. And what we need to focus on is that irrespective of the route that you're following, you need to stand up and stand out against your competition. And I'm going to go through just a couple of different ways of how you can do that. Step one being this, the incompletion model. So I don't know if you've ever watched like a series or um a a program of episodes, and at the end of each episode, there's like that abrupt end, and it leaves you on the edge of your seat. It makes you want more. That's what incompletion is. So the human brain doesn't like uncertainty, and as a result of that, we naturally search for the answers to things. So in psychology, psychology this is known quite often as cognitive closure. It means we look for closure. We look for ways to remove any ambiguity. So with that in mind, as a salesperson, you need to ensure that you create the closure and people can understand what they're going to buy from you. Again, back to the Pentagon model, why, how, what, if, and when, unless you are purposely creating a feeling of of incompletion. So if you're purposely creating a feeling of incompletion, i.e., I've told you a little bit you want to know more, it creates that burning desire for people to buy into your products or your services. This can be done giving like an overview of a subject matter and then offering a more in-depth idea. We do this with our text messages to people. If we want people to buy into us a little bit more, we're not going to send them one message telling them absolutely everything there is to know about us. You'll give a little bit of information, create intrigue, and you'll determine then whether the other person's interested in you. That's face-to-face as well when you're pitching for a date. You'll tell people a little bit of information about you. you. Don't go in there and give them your whole life story. That's unlikely to end in a, the result that you're looking for in a date. But you give a little bit of information, create a little bit of intrigue, so that they then ask for more information. You've then sold the idea of learning a little bit more about you. So it might be that you give people like a little bit of information and give them the opportunity to gain the information a little bit later on. Incompletion is a fab, fab way to sell your product or your service. We do this with your application forms when you're applying for a job. You'll put enough information in there, usually based on how long the application form is or your cover and letter is, to give a certain amount of information. That means when you're invited into the interview, because people want to know more, the incompletion model, you're invited into the interview and therefore you create that cognitive closure, you create that ending to the story because people naturally crave the end solution or the end information. So that can work well in your your sales. It can also work well in your selling products and services. You've seen it yourself on TV advertisements, magazine advertisements, What it is, is creating a buzz, creating a desire for your product or your service or at the very least more information. Because more information people have, the more information you can provide, the more likely people are to want to buy your products or services. So that's one method of using sales in your pitches. The second way is seeding, which is where we elegantly promote without overselling or overtly selling. So you'll give people an introduction into what it is, maybe tell them, you know, what it is that you do, but you don't give them all of the detail. It's similar to the incompletion model, but it's a lot more elegant. It's not overtly selling. It's where you'll make reference to the product, the service that you're offering. So say, for example, if you are offering a product to someone, but you don't want to overtly sell it to them, you want to identify whether it's something that they're interested. You might give the product's title or some of the benefits from it. So remember the benefits of the product or or service are what will sell you. So you'll seed, you'll talk a little bit about it and you'll create an intrigue so that people then ask further information. Then we have another one, which is your solution-based selling, which is sales all about solving the problems of others. If you can promote and offer a solution to somebody's problem, that's when you can be really successful in sales. So you need to remember not only to sell the features, but also the benefits of that item, of that service, or of you as the individual. So if I were to say to you, you need to be a better public speaker, I can give you an incompletion model by giving you some information in regards to the system. So I could give you the Pentagon model, but i give you the first two steps, what and why. That should create an intrigue, a desire for you to want to learn more. And when you do, that's where I'll sell the idea of listening to the remainder of my podcasts for you to listen in and find out all you need to know about public speaking. But maybe I could seed a little bit about it. Maybe when you're talking to people face to face, and I'm sure I'll have done this unintentionally, is when I'm talking to people and they're interested, they tell them what I do for a living, I am a public speaker, I earn most of my income, I earn you know, a, a nice lifestyle and I have the freedom of time to do what I choose and love what I do delivering from the stage. I'll give people a little bit of information in regards to what it is but not tell them exactly how to do it but tell them if they listen to my podcast they can get more information or if they read my upcoming book then they can get more information. That is seeding the idea of listening to the podcast without overtly telling them you need to listen to my podcast. Hopefully this is making sense. Then we have the solution-based sale. So all of these come around the same format. So the solution-based sale being if people have a fear, a doubt, or a worry around public speaking, around pitching, around sales, then I can tell them to listen to the podcast where I give solutions to those problems. And throughout all of the format of sales that you do, whether you're selling the product or a service or you as the person for them to buy into, whether You should be the person to get the promotion or the pay rise because that's what we do anyway. If you've ever asked for a pay rise, you've pitched. You need to build and prove your value and your worth. That's all people want you to do for you to get the pay rise. So people buying into you, in this instance, maybe your boss or your area manager, they want a good deal. So I'm sure you'd agree when you're shopping, you are looking for a product or a service in particular, but you're also looking for the best option at the best price. Perception plays its part proof works more so in your favour. So when you're pitching for a job or an increase in your pay, you need to provide the solution and provide your worth. That will give you a great opportunity for people to buy into you. And last but not least, we then have your third-party case studies or your testimonials. So if I was to say to you, you need to buy my shoes, the shoes that I'm selling, you need to buy them. These are the best shoes that you've ever seen. They're really pretty. They're really comfortable. That might not be enough for you. You might need some proof. So the proof or the value that I could provide is that I could tell you about Sandra. Sandra bought my shoes last year. She, and even though you can get different styles and different, um, different textures, she's come back to buy more and more of these shoes because not only do they make her feet look good, but they're really comfortable and they're great value for money. Let Sandra tell you a little bit about it. And by Sandra or my third party or third party case study or my testimonial at this point telling you a little bit about it, people will often believe because you're going to believe in your own product or your own service. Other people need to be able to believe in that too. And third party testimonials and case studies are imperative. They really, really help with your credibility as well. So while we're looking at pitching and presenting and the focusing particularly on sales, it's really, really important that you are only trying to sell a product or a service that you truly believe in. Because if you're not, that will definitely show through to your audience members or your potential clients purchasing your products or your services. So hopefully you now believe that I firmly believe in pitching, presenting and public speaking It's what my entire business is built upon. But if I didn't believe in it and I was sat telling you the Everybody needs to be a public speaker. You would be able to tell in so many different ways in my speech, in my tone, in the volition that I sell with that presenting in public speaking is the best thing because I'm selling the idea to you. So the first thing first is that you need to ensure that you believe in the product or service that you are selling. The biggest hindrance to me raising finance for my property business initially was that I didn't, I hadn't been able to justify to myself that I genuinely believed I was a good option for people to invest in. Now it wasn't that I didn't necessarily believe in myself as a good opportunity to invest in. I'd not convinced myself of the value that I provided. And once I did, my joint venture finance raising abilities changed completely. Because when you believe in the product or the service or in this instance in yourself, that's when other people start to believe in you. You know yourself, you've heard speakers or trainers or people talking And they'd be presenting something. Maybe you've had that phone call from the PPI seller. And they sound so bored in their job and they're talking in this tone and they're evidently reading from a script. Does that make you want to buy into them? Unlikely, because you don't believe in people who don't believe in themselves. So believe in yourself, look at the different methods of presenting that you can do and pitching that you can do, whether that's your incompletion model, whether that's seeding, whether it's solution-based selling, or whether it's building and providing your worth and your value, or last but not least, your third-party case studies and testimonials. The focus point from this episode is we are all salespeople, whether you believe it or not, and the more comfortable you get with selling, the better you will be able to achieve it. And in the next episode, I'm going to be focusing on the psychology around sales. So tune into the next episode of Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking. Thank you.